These are great chairs. Oh Nerd. Oh, you just got called out. That's pretty absurd. It is going to be a thing. Come on. Bad Philosophy, episode 22, recorded on February 8th, 2009. Baldwin Bonanza. Hello, everyone, and one to Bad Philosophy. Uh, well, you know, things don't always go the way we like them to on this show. As, you seem to start most episodes with that. Yeah, um, and it's really sad that I have to, but it's kind of a curse. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, we are doomed to experience uh, hardship on this little podcast. And this time, the uh, the hardship was two panelists bailing on us at the last minute, Um Legmar, Matt Legler, once again, decided that school was more important than us. Fair. Yeah, fair. Whatever. And also, uh, David Ronderos, who was going to be on for his third third or fourth episode, something like that, third, I think, um, had a prior obligation come up, so he was not able to make it. However, we were able to procure Jed. Hello. El numero uno fanboy. And uh, Hayslip. Hey, guys. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> we're we're actually going to record him properly this time versus the uh, the fail episode last week, which, uh, that 21A. which you know even though it was fail, it made way for uh, a very good follow up. I think in, in the form of the uh, guerrilla fascism. Yes. So, uh, but today we're we're not going to be talking about um, any of that. We're going to be talking Joss Whedon. Now, okay, some of you might be Fan thinking out there, hey, we already did sci-fi. We already did sci-fi in episode four. Well, you know what? Episode four sucked, and, you know, sci-fi is awesome, <laughs> so we can talk about whatever the hell we want whenever we want. Joss Whedon, known best for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and for Firefly and Serenity. And uh, Angel. Wonderful. Angel, and, oh, and Angel, right. And, of course, we mentioned Although, it on uh, Last of the Naughties. Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. And Dr. Horrible oh, sing-along indeed. blog. The, the fantastic short film. Um, now, Joss Whedon is, is one of those guys that just kind of stands out in the world of sci-fi. He's, he really doesn't do things by convention, and he knows it, and he loves it, and people love him for it. Kevin is looking at me like I'm no, about to no, butcher I'm not but... looking at anything. Sorry, no. I'm... No. I'm hopped up on Dayquil, oh, so if I, I zone I out, you'll have to excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you're wondering why why Kevin's voice sounds a little bit strange, it's it's because he's sick. So, um, yeah. We, we uh, apologize for any discomfort you might have in your auditory regions as oh, a result. deal with it. Yeah. Put on your big boy <laughs> pants. <laughs> but no, that anyways. Is, anyways. You have big boy pants. Anyways. <laughs> Does he? I don't know. Does <laughs> Kevin, are you wearing big boy pants today? At the moment, yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> are you wearing little girl pants? At the moment, no. What does that leave? There's no pants. Well, I but guess that leaves big girl and little, little boy, boy, and then yeah, big girl and little boy. Non-girl or boy, you know. You need to man, draw the matrix woman. with this. <laughs> all the cross you like, are, you in the, are you in the exactly. girl quadrant? The boy quadrant? At the moment, no. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I don't. I don't know where we're going with this. Joss Whedon pants <laughs> on. Save Dollhouse. Save Dollhouse. Dollhouse is is Joss Whedon's new series. Uh, it's premiering this Friday, February fourteenth. Tell your friends. Yes. Watch 14th, it. It's going to be a thing. Thirteenth. Right. Friday. Yes. Fourteenth. February fourteenth. February fourteenth. 
That's a Saturday. Valentine's Day? It is. Oh, so yeah. It is. Well, so it's... That was the day I'm taking the GRE. So it's this Saturday. That's a good way to spend a Valentine's Day. Sorry. Valentine's Day is the Saturday. Yes. Dollhouse premieres in the oh, death on slot on Friday the 13th. The 13th. The uh, death slot. Uh, it's the same d- slot uh, Serenity is was in, or Firefly was in. It's the uh, slot where they put TV shows they hope to die okay. because nobody stays home and watches TV on Friday nights. What is the... I do. Is it opposite I don't have a anything line. else or... No. Of note, there's, because there's, that's, there's not. nobody wants I mean, it to... Nobody puts their best programming on Friday night. Which, which uh, channel is it on? NBC? Fox. Fox, again? Oh, really? Again. Fox. Uh, really, Joss? Like, do, do we want to... Let's go and talk a little bit about why we hate Fox News in, in, the, uh, in relation Fox to... News. Fox News. Well, just, Network. Just the Fox, Fox Network. Television. Yeah. They killed Firefly. They did. With a spoon. Yeah. So. Firefly being... Uh, Joss's earlier series about third um, series, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, about it was essentially a sci-fi western. Is I think Cowboys the, in Space, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it was fantastic! It was epic. I enjoyed it immensely. Mm. Yes, but Fox killed it by uh, airing the episodes out of order, failing to promote it. Right, and failing to promote it, they basically aired the the second episode first. And did not air the the actual pilot. Well, that's actually that's that's not quite true. The second episode, the train job, wasn't ever originally a planned episode. Um, Fox told uh, Jost they didn't like Serenity as a pilot, and so he wrote he and the other guy wrote the train job in a weekend in a hotel room. Um, so it was truly la- thrown together at the last minute. If you watch it, there's a lot of stuff that makes it feel like a pilot again um, because they have to introduce the characters, they have to kind of set up the setting. Um, but they just don't quite get it right. Well, they, well, they don't because the, the show was written in a weekend in a hotel room. Um, because they already had a fantastic pilot in Serenity, which is a two-hour pilot that yeah. did a fantastic job of setting up all that stuff. But Fox didn't want it, and it was actually the last air episode they aired was the pilot. <laughs> Thank you, Fox. Yeah, which was ridiculous and played havoc with people. Are like, what? Huh? I've been following this. This, no. Mm-hmm. I actually watched it when it was on the air. Um, Back in the day, it was on right before uh, John Doe, which is another show that got canceled but didn't have nearly the rabid fan base. Mm. Um, Was it it even a good show? I enjoyed it. Um, It was about this guy who woke up naked in a field on an island um, with this, like, strange, like, scar on his uh, chest, and apparently he knew everything. My dad enjoyed that television show. Um, Wait, like like everything, everything? Like nothing, nothing supernatural, nothing psychic. But he knew, like, all factual information. Like, you could show him a leaf from a tree, and he would tell you exactly what kind of tree it was. Whoa. Um, Interesting. And and eventually, I mean, the the premise of the show is that he's trying to figure out what happened to him, where he is. He has no memory of anything. Um, And he he has, and he only sees things in black and white. But occasionally, he will see something in color. And he doesn't know why. And so, you know, if he sees something in color, he kind of freaks out about it. And, like, he says, he saw a woman with a yellow scarf, and he's like, Yellow. I need. I need to find this woman. It was on the TV, um, and so we kind of spent that episode figuring out, you know, what all that was about. Um, but it got canceled about the same time Firefly did. Um, After how many episodes? <clears throat> I couldn't. I couldn't tell you offhand. Not. Not a full first season run. I don't think. <sighs> it stinks. It, it may have had. It may have had a four. It had a season finale. I remember that now. Um, and it was one of those kind of cliffhanger things. Like he learned that his best friend was spoiler alert, uh, actually a bad guy who had been tracking him. Um, working uh, for this organization that was that was aware of him that, that you'd kind of seen bits and pieces of the organization throughout the series. Um, it was kind of a cliffhanger ending. Um, we never know what happened, 
But it was a good show as well. Didn't have nearly the fan base of it, possibly because of getting back on topic, Joss Whedon. Mm. Um, Joss Whedon had such an incredibly large fan base after Buffy and Angel that, um, and, and to be fair, it was a good show, and I would argue it was better than John John Doe. I almost said John Q. John Q. Johnny Q. <laughs> Johnny Quest. Johnny Quest. Um, but also both of those, both of those shows show started in out day. in the Friday death slot. Yeah. And we're, we're resoundingly kicked off. And so people gave Joss a lot of flack about signing on with uh, Fox again to do Serenity. Not Serenity. Bio Dollhouse. Or Dollhouse. Dollhouse. Yeah, yeah. Since we're all Buffy kind of and lost Angel here. were both on uh, WB. Correct? WB. And then uh, actually the last two seasons of Buffy were on the UPN. Um, WB, is... WB canceled it. And UPN said, hey, you got more stuff to tell? And Joss said yes. And actually this happened before the actual end of the series, end of season five, which was set up as the end of the series. Of and Angel? Of Buffy. Oh, okay. Um, if you, watch, if you watch the end of season five of Buffy, it's very much a yeah. season closer. And it was one of the things where they did it that way, knowing that they were going to be picked up by UPN the next year. They'd been in talks. But they still had to end the show on this note. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, you, you know, WB would have gotten mad at them for saying, you right. know, watch this next year on UPN. <laughs> um, <laughs> on another network. <laughs> but so it's, the, that, the season WB. five finale is a very firm ending and I knew there were two more seasons when I saw the end of it I'm like well now what yeah um, just because the ending was so final um, and it was, a, it was a really good season finale is um, that the one where they blew up finale. the high school or was that no four? that was season three. three or four okay season three ended with the blowing up the high school five then as Wait, we spoil. five was the it was okay the, I haven't gotten there yet y'all don't spoil it for me please Don. <laughs> oh okay I, I already know Don. that Oz is a werewolf from no. Dr. Webb so that's, Dawn, Dawn yeah. is enough. Okay. Dawn is enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kevin, or Kevin, sorry. Steven is looking at us. Yeah. Kind of, um, and have you? Michael, no, have you seen? can spoil it all you want. I have no interest in either Buffy or Angel. Suckfest. <sighs> yeah, you dude, should watch both of them. Try it. Just try it and you'll like it. I feel like I'm trying to... It's They're, they're good shows. Like I'm pushing drugs um, on him. <laughs> Well, and see, here's the deal. Like whenever I whenever I'm watching Buffy, I like my roommate will walk in and just roll his eyes, <laughs> like, "Oh my god, you're watching Buffy again?" And I'm like, "Yes, because it's a good show. Mm-hmm. It's it's a quality show." But and people it's... see it and they're like, "Oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer." It sounds silly and childish, which was sort of the point. Uh, Joss Whedon knows what he's doing. Yeah, I'll put it that, that way. Now, with, with his most recent two shows, it, but the title. Of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is very specifically chosen because of its of its silly, funny sounding name. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, and if you ever go watch the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which, uh, which Joss has disowned, yeah. um, he claims to have nothing to do with it, even though he wrote it. Correct. Sort of. He wrote the original script. Okay. They oh, then took a bunch of script they... doctors in. They butchered it, and it's it's horrendous. Yeah. It's horrendous in a fun way, like it's yeah, yeah, Manos well, hands of fate it, bad. So. <laughs> um, sorry, they've seen Manos. Nothing yeah. is Manos hands no, of fate it's not bad. No, it's nothing. Manos the hands of fate. Um, yeah, which is Spanish for hands, the hands of fate. But the um, I just I'd rather erase all of my memories of that movie from my head. You've watched it, you can't unwatch it. But okay, but so Buffy was was a very specifically chosen name, and he got a lot of flack for early on because it was supposed to sound all this one thing, and the title is not accurately representative of the the show because of the name Buffy. I mean, Vampire Slayer, okay, that's action-gritty stuff, but you have yeah. Buffy at the front, and Buffy is, let's be fair, a stripper name. It is. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, 
and, and that's what, and, that's what people usually say. And so it's he, like, he, oh, she's a slut, you know. And so he plays out. He played that up um, the, in in the title, and and it, it was a misconception that could have hurt the show early in the season. I don't know if it did or not. Um, but then the next three shows that he's done, Angel, Firefly, and Dollhouse, are horrible names. Mm-hmm. They tell you nothing about the show. That's true. They're identifying. They're identifying. Like yeah. I know. I know. When you, if you say Angel, I know what you're talking about because I've, I've watched the entire show. If you mm-hmm. watch Firefly, I know what you're talking about. And Dollhouse, I've not watched, but I know what it's about. I know, I know how the title relates to the show, but it's not descriptive at all. Of the show. Yeah. Um, it, you, with a show like Dollhouse, you know, what I first think of is uh, Heinrich Ibsen's A Doll's House, or often just translated to Dollhouse, which was um, a play back in the early 20th century. And <laughs> what? I should know these, but I don't. Um, we'll say shame. We'll say 18th century, late 18th century, but uh, maybe the 1800s or the 19th century. Anyway, um, it's, it's about Dollhouse. Heinrich Ibsen's A Dollhouse or A Doll's House. It's translated differently because he originally did it in like Norwegian. <laughs> but um, it's it's very much a play about woman's place in the world, and he it, it's it's a very you know fem fem lib sort of a play. Yeah. Uh, well, I've I've read it. It was the 19th century. It was the 19th century. Okay. It was. It was. It was definitely a very, very um, uh, women's liberation yeah. sort of very deal. groundbreaking at the time. Um, definitely. But, but that's what I think of when I hear Dollhouse, which is nothing like Joss Whedon's Dollhouse. Um. Yeah. J- J- do you want to give a, a brief background of the premise of the show? Because I've uh, read sure. like the Wikipedia excerpt, but that's about it. As as I understand it, um, and they they did reshoot the pilot for Dollhouse. Um. Which, for you Serenity nerds out there, know that that's the same thing that happened with Serenity, with Firefly. Fox. Uh, which we, we may have oh, talked about already. Great. Um, and Joss Whedon has been doing a lot, a lot of, like, you know, look, it's not the same. It's different. There's a whole new group of people at Fox, different management, stuff like that. But fans are well, worried. Well, now, now that they've I'll, seen the success of Serenity, yeah. they, they should take heat. Serenity wasn't a huge it success. Was, it still wasn't. The movie. It made $35 million. Yeah. Dollars. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the resounding success that was expected of it. Mm. Um, just because there was a huge rabid fan base from DVD sales that we saw, but that didn't quite translate into the into the market, into the money that they expected from the movie. Joss had said repeatedly, you know, if the, if the movie doesn't make fifty million dollars, there won't be a sequel, and it made thirty five. So there's not going to be a sequel. No. Um, yeah. But Joss also said that he was done with television before. And we see how that turned out. But Dollhouse. Um, <laughs> Dollhouse was actually uh, created, the, the premise was created um, as Joss was having lunch with Eliza Dushku, um, who was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer as Faith uh, later in the series. And I can't say anything more about that or else Stephen will be mad at me. Very. Um, but she was Faith. Those of you who know the show know who Faith was. Those of you who don't should watch the show. Michael, I'm looking at you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Kevin will lend you his seasons. Yeah, a- we can watch you. them together. I'm Actually, cool. no, no, no. Like uh, any of you out there, you can you can ask Kevin for a season. No, I'm not that nice. No. You oh. gotta sign a waiver, man. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, but Dollhouse was literally come up with with Eliza Dushku. The show is definitely made specifically for her because um, Josh loved working with her and wanted an opportunity to do so. She actually is an executive producer on the show mm. as well. But um, the premise is that there is this. There's a place called the Dollhouse, and um, it is it is a place where dreams happen. I was going to say no. fantasies are fulfilled, <laughs> but no, that, but that's that's kind of true. Uh. Um, in that you know, I let's say I'm a a rich, wealthy industrialist um, who wishes to live out 
a Western. You know, uh-huh. I, I wish to live in the Wild West for a month or, you know, a week or a day or something and, and have an adventure planned out, um, you know, and save the town from the, from the black hat cowboys. Um, I go to Dollhouse, which is actually – the Dollhouse is an illegal thing. It's very underground. Um, and what they have there is – and they, I pay them enough money and they will fulfill this for me. But the way they do it is they have these, these people that they call blanks or dolls, um, which have no – or have very little consciousness. They, I mean, like they're, they're up and about and they live in this place. But they've been modified so that they can have their mind erased and new memories implanted. Mm. Um, and they do, and they and they do this to these dolls, and they are the actors in this person's fantasy that is filled out. Um, and uh, so, f- spell ethical dilemma. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, and so Eliza Dushku plays one of the dolls um, named Echo. Yeah. And um, and so the, the the first part of the premise is that theoretically, you know, she can play different types of roles every single week. You know, one week she's an ingenue, one week she's a femme fatale, uh, one week she's a mountain climber. And, and so it allows her to show her, her breadth of acting capabilities, which she does have. Nice. Um, but also you have this – so there's, there's kind of standalone episodes, but there's also this interior thread running of Echo starts to wake up and kind of realize what's going on. So um, she'll, like, start to remember stuff from previous programming. Yes. And, yeah. and, and, and that's sort of the, the premise of the show is that, that waking up. But still having a more – a less sequentially necessary necessitated storyline. Yeah. Like you could, it, it's it's not as as plot driven as say, the later episodes of Buffy, season seven of Buffy. If you miss an episode or watch them out of order, you get really confused. Mm. Um, which early season of Buffy was you know very monster of the week, but yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and, that's, and that's fine. It worked <laughs> it well was, for the show. It, yeah. The show got popular, so it's kind of that interesting balance between the two, um, and I I was not a, I, I'll be fair. I'm not sold on the idea. I'm not sure it'll work. We'll have to see what but it does with it. Yeah. I do have a very strong amount of faith in Joss Whedon, yeah. and so I'm going to watch it. I'm going to hope for the best, and uh, I'm going to get my Save Dollhouse shirt ready. Mm-hmm. Well, and see, the thing is, I, I'm I'm kind of – I'm a convert. I'm a late convert to Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of was introduced to him, well, unknowingly through The Office. I think the first work of his I saw was the episode that he directed for The Office. He directed an episode of The Office? Yes. Which uh, episode was the, this? The Bat, the Bat episode. Where, yeah. That makes a lot of sense in exactly. retrospect. What um, season was that in? Uh, two? Okay. Um, Jordan has the first three on DVD. I think, so I I think it was yeah, in season it's, two. It's, it's, it's the, the episode. Um, yeah, like a, a, a bat gets... They find it in the in the office somewhere and Dwight has to catch it but yeah. it, it like it, it goes around and like scares people and huh. and then to uh to freak dwight out jim starts acting like a vampire uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. it makes so, so much more sense you know now he's like I... he goes out and he's like wow it's so yeah. cold in here i can't, I can't believe i'm yeah. saying this but i may actually end up watching an episode of the office yeah it's other than the first i actually own the first season on dvd because i liked the first season uh-huh. it was it was much more of a subtle humor than we have in the later seasons yes yeah yes. Um, which was version well I, I did watch the british version. I, see i didn't like the british version. i did i i, I was I, far less impressed i agree I, with Stephen, yeah. I think that there's a better, and I'm I'm more I appreciate it less for the humor and more for the characters. Yes, I it. think the the characters are far better in the American version. Really? Yes, I disagree. Um, um, Americans can relate better. better well, no, no. The, 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 the thing is, the thing is, the British show was written for a British audience. The American show was written for an American audience. Exactly. Um, however, it is it is a much subtler show. There's it's not you know a funny thing that Dwight does. 
um, which which I well, feel a lot of the show has subtle subtle maybe by by British standards, which is really freaking subtle, uh-huh, which I like because <laughs> it's, it's not a show where it, where it's a show where you cringe as much as you guffaw, and there's some mm. of that in the American Office. Yeah, um, yeah. But Michael is the cringe. Well, yes. And, and, I mean, the show was originally a vehicle for Ricky Gervais. Um, I mean, he wrote yeah. it, he created it, he, he starred in it. I mean, all this sort of stuff. Um, and so it was about him to a large extent. And the other characters were more, more minor. Um, but, but the show had a very different structure to it because, as with British television shows, the first series was six episodes long. Mm-hmm. And it was complete. And there was a second series of six episodes long, and that was complete. And then there was a Christmas special that was two hours long. Yeah. And that's the entire series. Um, and that's how British shows work nine times out of ten, Doctor Who being an exception, um, and a few others that, that – So their idea of a, of a series is very different from ours. Well, they, they, call it, they call it a series. They don't call it a season. You don't have a series. Uh, you have the first and second series of The Office. Huh. Um, not the first and second seasons. Um, and, it's, and Black Adder, which is a fantastic television show, had oh, four yes. series, um, each in a very different time period and a very different, uh, a similar setup. But you know, one was was Elizabethan, then it was um, Edwardian. These may be out of order. I don't remember. The third one was I don't know. The fourth one was World War One. Um, mm. I've seen the World War One. It's uh, good stuff. Series. I mean, the, the whole fantastic. show is hilarious. But each season, each series is six episodes long, um, and so that and. Going into that, and that's, that's that's an alien structure to us in the mini, in the states to some extent, because that would be a miniseries. That would be you know something you watch over a few weeks and then you're done with it. But that's how a lot of British series are run, um, which I think I think has some benefit to it because it allows them to tell a bigger story in a lot of cases. Sure. Um, because they say it's going to be this long. We have this. We have six episodes to tell a story. Yeah. And like, some of them go on. Much American television that. shows, I mean, we, very dragged out. Definitely, <laughs> lot, yeah, I mean, definitely. The I I kind of feel like the last couple of seasons of The American Office have been very more bloated. Say, yeah, very bloated. Um, stretching storylines that could take you know three episodes out into an entire season. Sure. Um, you know, the, the it's thing, all about the big bucks. Oh, it is. Yeah, I mean, the the thing with <laughs> with Dwight, Angela, and Andy. The fact yeah. that that took an entire season to resolve was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that should have been, I don't know, I, I don't want to ride on the office a, too much. but could have been it. The, the Super Bowl episode, the one that followed the Super Bowl, brilliant. Um, what basically happens is the Michael actually suggests to, to relieve stress that everyone in the office do a roast of him. And what ends up happening is everyone gets to be completely honest with Michael. (laughs) So uh, Meredith is like, you're the reason I drink. um, (laughs) I see. I don't don't know enough about the show. And and Pam lets it out that that, uh, she's seen him naked and his... If he were an iPod, he'd be a shuffle. That's impressive. Yeah, and, and uh, Oscar totally just curses him out in Spanish, uh, just rants on him, and and it's wonderful because you know it's it's these things that that everyone is thinking, mm-hmm. and they finally get to say it, and you know he's expecting it to be all cutesy and and for them to compliment him, and then he just. He just walks out <laughs> at the end of that. That reminds me of the uh, Comedy Central roast of Chevy Chase. Really? Did, um, did he actually – was it really – He didn't walk out. But, okay, it was a very different thing. Chevy Chase was past his prime. 
Yes. He, does, he doesn't act anymore. He doesn't right. need to. Um, but he, he doesn't. Um, by the way, if you if y'all ever get a chance to see the, the episode where he came back to SNL like over the past year or so, watch it. Mm. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, he, he came back for a special weekend update. Um, and it was... It was awkward, yeah. but um, but Chevy Chase is is retired for the for lack of a better term, um, and has been for a while. Now, generally on roasts, um, they in in the olden days with roasts, it was people you knew who were roasting you. Yeah, at the yeah. Chevy Chase roast, which is the, it was the standard Comedy Central select panelist of roasters, uh, various insult comics and you know not very funny celebrities. Huh. Although Norm Macdonald on. Bob Saget was hilarious. I, I've heard the Bob Saget roast was the Bob was Saget excellent. roast was great. Yeah. Um, and and Norm Macdonald on it is is the part that stands up the best. Repeated viewing. I've, I watched the Bob Saget roast like four times. Huh. Um, but so Chevy Chase had like this, this slew of young actors who he never worked with, he never really knew, just standing there and making fun of him and just you know just blasting him. And you could tell it was really awkward for him. And he, he goes, you know, he gets up at the end to do kind of his return volley, and he goes, he's like, that was hard. Oh and, man! And I've not actually seen it, but I've I've read about it and stuff. Um, like it really, like it it, it hit struck him, him, and yeah. it was one of those because it was stuff about how he was past his prime and how he wasn't acting anymore. He wasn't funny anymore. He wasn't anything anymore. Um, Which and, is the worst thing for a comedian to hear. Well, yeah, but enough, it's yeah. but it's one of those things when when you know, as I say, we only roast the ones we love. There wasn't a lot of love in the roast. No. Yeah. Um, you know, Bob Saget's roast had a lot of love. It was people who who. Bob had worked with, and 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 he was very open to it. And Bob Bob Saget is very self depreciating anyway. Um, he's not funny, but he's very self depreciating. He, he, he's one of those guys that can make fun of himself. Yeah, I mean he does, and and he's done that in a lot of his stuff. Whereas by the way, Chase it's uh, it's self deprecating, depreciating. It's no no, it's depreciating. No depreciating, depreciating. is losing value. And oh, uh, Bob Saget has lost a lot of value in my mind. It's like a car <laughs> due to himself. Uh huh. Kevin's self- sick. Let him make up words. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. I make up words even when I'm not sick. <laughs> it's like a used yes, car. But we lot. don't let you make up words when you're not sick. Do you? Well, I bust your chops about it. Fair enough. There. Fair enough. Not that that stops you, but. No. Very little stops me. <laughs> so watch Dollhouse this Friday. Oh, yeah. Wow. We're, we're back around. We, and we brought it back. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how we got there. Listen to the episode and find out. <laughs> Joss Whedon office roast. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank you. Bob Saget roast. Yeah. That was but your 10 second was, recap of Bad Philosophy. I was going to make a point about it, though. Uh, the office episode? Maybe just, yeah. That was, was your first, that was your first experience with Joss Whedon. Well, it was. And uh, my I've only recently been, well, then my second, of course, was Serenity. Uh, I saw Serenity actually before Firefly, and it, and it does do a good job of standing on its own. The movie does. I'm glad to hear that because I, I, yeah, I, 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 I can never tell because I'm, I'm a biased witness. Right. I, I, I would that... have to say, like, going in, it made me want to watch Firefly. Like, hmm. I saw the show and then I was like, wow, I want to see more how of they this. got to, Yeah, I want to Did... see more of this. And so then I watched the entire series of Firefly and it, you know, just loved it and then got uh, Buffy recently from Kevin. Did you know that Firefly existed before you watched Serenity? Um, someone had told me about okay. it uh, and I kind of heard various things, but I wasn't sure. Like, I, I didn't. I didn't know what it was about, really, and then um, my family members went see it, and they were like, "Yeah, it's it was like Star Wars. It was like going and seeing Star Wars because okay. it was just something totally different." I was, you know, I was very biased because I had, I had watched Firefly when it was on. I had the DVDs, sure, um, but I went and saw it, and I took my family. Like my dad had watched the shows with me back in the day. I took my mother and sister, and they're not sci-fi people, so I don't know how how they felt about it. <laughs> um, but I walked out of it saying, you know, that was a fantastic film. 
Yes. It was not a fantastic continuation of a series, which it was as well, but it was a good film. Yeah. Um, but then again, I'm very biased, and so I was afraid that you would that some of that wasn't suc- as successful. It, it encapsulated themes from the show extremely well, Certainly. like it, in yeah. in one package. It, it kind of brought everything together and, yeah. and concluded a lot of the storylines that the show never got to. Well, Left the, a lot of stuff hanging too, though. Sure, sure. Separate yeah. book, definitely. <sighs> well, and I think some of that. I don't know if you've read the comics, Kevin. At I've all. read, I've read. Those left behind. I've not read the Better Days. One. Yeah, and that I'm in the same boat. Yeah, as it were. I've read one of the comics, but so are, are these. These are they, canon. Yes. Follow yeah, up. They, those, they're those, actually they fill in the gap between uh, the F- Firefly series and Serenity. Those left behind oh, okay. was meant to be a bridge between the show and the movie. Um, and there are some plot threads that are tied up in there as well mm-hmm. that aren't even acknowledged in the movie. Now, did Joss Whedon have anything to do with the comic? He wrote, or he wrote it. He wrote them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then somebody else illustrated, illustrated them. them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there was another one that, that came out relatively recently called Better Days, which was more of a flashback. Um, it, it took place, you know, somewhere in the series time slot. It wasn't exactly something else, but it was just, another, it was just a story yeah. about the guys on Firefly um, or – on Serenity, the Firefly class starship. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that was that was what it was. <clears throat> That's one thing. Okay, they don't talk about Joss Whedon does. Um, Joss Whedon has really found a home in comics. Believe it or not, really. Um, he's written a fair few like mainstream comics. I think he wrote a Spider-Man series. Um, I know he's written for Runaways, which is a great Marvel series um, that is not is much less superhero-y um, huh. and much less. And not much less, slightly less angsty than a lot of Marvel stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. The premise, premise for Runaways is that this group of six, seven kids um, discover that their parents are all supervillains and part of this group called the Pride, and they've been slowly you know, taking over California. Um, and then they run away because being evil is bad. Yeah. Obviously. Um, and, that's, and that's the premise of the, of the series. And I, I don't <laughs> want to spoil too much because it's, it's really good, but... Um, in the first series, they end up actually fighting their parents. Wow. Um, and then the later series is, a, is about a year and a half after that and what's going on then. Um, but Joss Whedon wrote a recent block of like six comics um, for that. And then, but even more than that, um, something that I, I love as a Buffy fan, um, and I haven't read the Angel ones as much because I love Buffy, I like Angel. He, he started working on a thing. And he's, he's executive producing it. He's not writing it the whole time, but he, write, he comes in and writes little bits, kind of like he did on the show. Um, what is effectively being called Buffy season eight, huh? And Joss and Joss has called it that form. in yeah. comics, um, uh-huh. and a lot of the old characters and stuff. And it's and it's still Buffy. A lot of stuff's changed because it takes place a couple of years after the end of the series. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of stuff's changed. A lot of stuff's the same. But it ties. But it's it is still telling good stories. Um, the characters are still real. Are still there. Yeah, I, I guess I should ask about that. Like to clarify, Joss Whedon didn't write every single episode of Buffy. No, no. Okay. He was, he was an, executive an executive producer. producer so he which, created it. He was means he's more like in charge of the canon and the overall story mm-hmm. arcs. Okay, but so a lot of the the specific things that happen are attributable to other people under him, or yeah. It, well, little things, yes. Big things, no. Yeah. 
because I, I mean, I have to say the, the specific dialogue is very is is what I love. Just the the banter and such. But a lot, he didn't a lot of that is, that is in Joss's style. A okay. lot of people wrote like that because because as an extension, Bruce Joss said, we want it to sound like this. Ah, uh, so so even though he wasn't exactly writing it himself, he was able to get people who could yeah. kind of that's, interpret. That's how you have it for all sorts of shows. I mean, shows yeah. every TV show has a has a staff of writers. Because uh, you can't you can't write a, an episode every week unless you're Aaron Sorkin, um, The West Wing. <laughs> yeah. he, did, he did that for the first three seasons of The West Wing. Um, other people got story credit, um, but almost every single one of them he wrote. He wrote. Wow. Um, the man is very demanding, but um, that's Aaron Sorkin, not Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, jo- Joss Whedon's more like, yeah, just do it right. <laughs> but there are there are, and and I haven't done this as much, but you know, because I didn't really care. But I, when I was rewatching the episode, I started like seeing, okay, who wrote this? Who directed yeah. it? And you can actually start. You can you can tell. You can get to the point where you can start telling who wrote which episodes from stylistic differences. Not huge yeah. differences. They're all Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. But there are little changes. It, it's kind of like in in Star Trek. I was able to get to the point where I can I could tell the difference. You know, Brandon Braga wrote this mm. episode. You know, okay. or somebody else wrote this one. Yeah. Um, yes. And, it, and there is you, some. Of you that. could see you could see differences in style, mm-hmm. and you could definitely tell. Which ones were whose? Yeah, mm. or when they had you know a guest writer come in and do you know, one episode. I would have loved to see Joss Whedon write a Star Trek, even for, for Voyager or for Deep Space yeah. Nine. Would, would have been, been interesting. Would have been epic. <laughs> um, but a uh, bit of bit of bit too much nerdy almost. But, oh, um, almost. Dude. But um, no, that's not to say that Joss stopped writing yeah. entirely. He still wrote a number of the episodes and a lot of the the big episodes. Yeah. Um, example, I'm, I'm going to say some the body, the body, which is a. The body still makes me cry to this day. Yeah, um, and I can admit that I've cried watching a TV show. <laughs> yeah. um, season five, not five? just any TV season show. Five. He's cried during Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, the yes. body is a very powerful episode and a very simple episode. Um, but he wrote and directed that uh, Hush, which is in season four, uh, which actually won an Emmy. Wow. Um, Did he do the musical episode? Yes, in he the, wrote and that is that. season six. That's season believe. six. Okay. Sorry, I'm um, just going to say everything's season six until I get it right. So. Yeah. <laughs> one of them. Something's in season six. Yeah. Um, and so it was one of those that you can tell a Joss episode. Um, or, you, you know, you, you can tell that a given episode is not anybody else. Really? It is jo- Hush, um, which you have not seen yet, but that's yeah. okay. I can tell you the title of it. What, what, okay, some ones I have seen. I've seen all of season one and, like, Eight or nine of season two. So, like, which ones from there? Do y'all even remember that I, far back? It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, season one and two kind of blend together a lot for me. Really? Um, even one, two, and three. Because in season one, like, something that, that, that was always there but became stronger in later seasons was the big story arc. Um, season one was sort of the, the uber vampire. Yeah, the master. Um, season yeah. two, kind of season one, two, three, a little bit is Angel. Um, season three, you, you can usually tell it by the big bad. Uh huh. Um, for the oh, season, Spike was season two. Spike was season two. Yeah. Okay. See, that's the things like I, I knew Spike was in there somewhere, but I couldn't yeah, figure out where Spark, he was. Spike, beginning of season two. Beginning of season he two. He kills the kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's then, right. The the anointed one. Yeah. Oh yes. Which was, which I found. I mean, very Joss Whedon. Like, oh yeah, just, certainly. Just, oh, you know, they were building. The the kid never did anything. Nope. You know. Didn't have <laughs> he was, to. He was just kind of there with the yeah. master, and then Spike kills him, yep. and it's like, all right, that was <coughs> that was interesting. That was cool. Um. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the first three seasons really... Season three, the big bad was the mayor. 
Yeah. Um, and these, these not, this is not enough to spoil anything for you. It's very right. clear who these people are. Um, four. Who was season four? That's I'm attempting. Yeah. Futile. <laughs> Here's the mayor. Look this up See, oh, season four was the initiative. <laughs> oh yes. Season four is the initiative. Season five was glory. Season six was actually a little less clear. Yeah. Because uh, you had the, the the terrible trio. You had um, character whose name I won't say because it's a bit of a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say the one with the black eyes. You know, you know who I'm talking. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, you won't you won't know <laughs> you, until until later. We're we're, uh, all right. we're kind of teasing. Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah. For, yeah. for you as well as the. And then, and then of course, sure I actually waste my time and watch the. Rest and then of course, of season seven was the first. <laughs> yes. Um, which Nathan Fillion was a uh, had a pretty serious role in season seven. Fantastic. Because awesome. um, Joss Whedon took a lot of his his favorite characters, uh, favorite actors from working on Firefly. Because Fire at one point in time he had three shows on television at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Buffy, Firefly, and Angel. And so he, when Firefly collapsed, he took those actors and just did the, Nathan Fillion was in Buffy. Them. Yeah. Um, Adam Baldwin showed up in Angel as did <laughs> as did um, Zoe. Whose name? I'm, whose actor's name? I can't remember her Adam name. Adam Baldwin, <coughs> the other Baldwin. Brother. He's, he's not actually a Baldwin brother. Oh, really? Yeah. There's. It's only Stephen and Alec and okay. uh, Billy. Billy. Billy Baldwin. Yeah, no, those are the Baldwin brothers. Alec Baldwin is not related to the other Baldwins. Really? Yeah. Stephen. No, Bald- not, uh, not Alec. No, Adam. 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 Adam Baldwin. Baldwin. Excuse me. <laughs> Stephen, Alec, and Billy are the Baldwin brothers. It's a Baldwin bonanza. Adam Baldwin is unrelated <laughs> That's the name to the him entirely. <laughs> Baldwin Bonanza. <laughs> I'll accept it. Yeah. Um, but like all three of those characters came on actually as bad guys in Buffy or Angel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, although Nathan Fillion wasn't the big bad of yeah, the series. He, he was a what, two or three. He was he was in probably half a dozen arc. episodes. Yeah. Um he was he worked for the big bad. Oh. Cuz the I can't I can't say No, yeah, no no no, <laughs> no spoilers. Well, was he I, Captain Hammer? I think that he no. uh <laughs> Much like if you watch Firefly and then you watch uh, Doctor Horrible, mm-hmm. he, it changes your perception of him as an actor. Yeah. It, yeah. When you watch that, that dude, story if you want to see some awesome Buffy. early Nathan Fillion, go look up the show. Um, it was originally called Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place, mm-hmm. and then later just called Two Guys and a Girl. They dropped the Pizza Place, um, <laughs> which actually made it a little more awkward as far as the title goes. It was a really good sitcom that I watched back in the day, um, and um, lots of lots of famous people from that show have gone on to do big, big bigger and better things. Big, big Bang things. Big, 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 big No, uh, um, yeah, well. <laughs> no, a lot of a lot of the actors um, like the Big Bang Theory. Which yeah. okay, I want to get your I want to get your take on that. Um, what do you think of the Big Bang Theory? I uh, downloaded the pilot about six months before it uh, came out because uh, I'm cool like that. Mm-hmm. I watched it in the middle of the night and almost woke up my family laughing so hard. Really? Um, the now, pilot okay, what, had what do you me think grab. though? Recently though, like the pilot was was a good episode. Let's see, I it, watched I watched this. There's, the show has a danger of becoming the Sheldon show. Yeah, yeah. Um. It is still consistently funny, and and a lot of that is because of Sheldon. Sheldon being the geekier of the two geeks, mm-hmm. um, or four geeks if you want to expand it to the full Definitely cast. Definitely the geekiest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and his social awkwardity is a cause for a lot of the humor. Um, however, I still think I, th- I think the show is good. It's possibly in a bit of a sophomore slump right now. Yeah, I, it's it's getting to be a, like a little too sitcommy. The the first like six or seven episodes had some just fantastic like deep sci-fi references yes and recently it's been more star trek 
and there's been fewer World yes. of Warcraft and you know really shallow like I didn't play World of Warcraft culture. I played um, Conan <laughs> Age right, of Conan Age of Conan okay which was and that's, that's pretty what nerdy I mean. that was that was like more it was shallow though like if they'd been doing Eve Online or something I, it I still think the one where they routed a signal around the world to turn on their lamp. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> that was that was pretty deep nerd. Um, to, to, well, and and this last last week's episode started out with the four of them with this board, with like these you know things drawn around it, you know roads and buildings and stuff like that, trying to trying to figure out. It's like I, I can't see how it works, and they're trying to figure out a place. And this is the Sheldon problem. So like we, we're trying to figure out a place where we can take Sheldon to watch a movie and go to dinner. <laughs> um, with, with get these given movie times, you know, can we make it? And they go, and eventually get to the point, well, there's only one option. And the three of them just walk out. <laughs> and, then, and then Sheldon looks at the board and he goes, that's right, it's the only option. <laughs> um, which I thought was a good bit. Um, Chuck, Chuck Lore surprised me. Chuck Lore is the executive producer of yeah. it. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Chuck Lore is also responsible for Dharma and Greg and Two and a Half Men. Yeah. Um, are both other Chuck Lore productions. And he's he surprises me. He surprised me with Big Bang because it was dramatically different from Two and a Half Men, for example. See, watching it though, I initially I really wanted to like it. I was like, wow, I've never into sitcoms, and this is kind of this is my type of sitcom. And the more I watched it, though, like the less the social awkwardness was funny, and more just kind of annoying. And uh, I don't know the tension between uh, the chick, what's her name? Um, Penny, Penny, and Leonard. Mm-hmm. It just it got tedious and frustrating, and and it wasn't cute anymore. Like initially, it have, was, you, have oh, you been watching this season? I ha- I haven't seen like the recent four, so okay. maybe, maybe I only more catch has every now happened, and then. But uh, well, no, not particularly. Not yeah. if last week's episode was any indication. I mean, like that's the premise of the show. It's like is him struggling with this incredibly attractive person across from his apartment yeah. and him being the, the physicist that doesn't know um, how to do One thing that, that, <laughs> that gave me a lot of hope for the series that that fell apart, and I don't know how it, how it happened or why it happened, but it bothered me that it did. Season finale of season one had them going on a date, and they, they talked about Schrodinger's cat the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know how you, you know it's both alive and dead until you open the box and you know it. And in this case, the, the cat was a metaphor for, you know, if they had feelings for each other. Yeah. And yeah. they opened the box by kissing each other. And, and they, they spent a lot of the episode trying to explain Schrodinger's cat to Penny. And the li- I mean, like at the very end, you know, they say, well, okay, let's you – know, and they kiss. And Penny goes, cat's alive, let's go. And they walk out the door together. Yeah. Um, which to me was very much a – they're going to do something different. They're going to have this couple be together for at least a little while. Yeah, but the, the, the next, beginning of the second season? No. That, they, they just jumped over the part, you know, the brief period of time where they were together and added some complications and stuff. You know, you're too smart for me uh, or, you know, whatever. And yeah. Oh, wow. That seems like it, was, it could it was have been a, a whole down. season. It was a very, very big letdown. Well, it has been a season on um, another fantastic sitcom that is consistently good, and that is How I Met Your Mother. Um, yep. <laughs> Mike, Michael, Michael and love it. Um, it is it is, it is the best sitcom on television. Uh, may not be the most watched. It's certainly highly rated, but it yeah. is the best sitcom on television right now. Um, where the first season, um, Ted, the main character, spends pursuing Robin, another one of the main characters, trying to get into a relationship with her because he's he's convinced that she's the one. Um, even though the audience is told at the very beginning of the, ep- of the end of the first episode that she's not. Oh, um, she's not the mother. Yeah, because the show's the premise of the show is how much your mother, and so. When the first show was first premiering, there was a lot of the the hype, the publicity was was made to lead you believe that Robin 
was the mother, and it's this first episode is How I Met You. Ah, um, okay. And because he's telling Bob Saget plays the narrator as old Ted, <laughs> and he's uh. he's he's telling his kids the story of how he met their mother. Oh, through through the sitcom. Through the sitcom. Oh. It's, 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 uh, the tagline is a love story told in reverse. That's awesome. Um, That's really cool. It's oh, you got to watch it sometime. It's it is I, the there's, best. Sitcom. There's too much that I need to watch. I'll get but, through Buffy first. Yeah, then. I have the first three um, How I Met Your Mothers too. So okay, they're all quicker right. than Buffy because they're only half hour episodes. Yeah, but um, so the, the the premise, like all the the publicity, has made you believe that Robin was the mother. And at the end of the in the end of the episode, he goes, and that's how I met your aunt Robin. Uh, <laughs> um, now not not to say that because people thought at first that well, okay this, the mother must be you know Robin's sister, but he calls all of their friends. It's Uncle Barney, um, Uncle uh, okay. Uncle Marshall, Aunt Robin, Aunt Lily. Um, so it's the, the so it's playful not necessarily Anthony. Robin's. Yeah, yeah which which, which is what people sort of thought feel. sort of yeah. at first. Right. Um, but the first season was him was him pursuing Robin, um, and the end of the first season um, he makes it rain for her. And they get together, <laughs> and the season two is about them being together. Huh. Um, and, and coming to that inevitable conclusion of they can't be together. Oh, man. Um, and because so, and the entire time you as the audience know what's going to happen. You but, know, but you don't care. Yeah, um, you you yeah. still get caught up on it. You're excited about it. Um, you know, it hurt when they when they broke up, even though you knew it was going to happen. Right, it, it, it's written so well because you want them to stay together. You want them to find a way. Mm, but to they, let you it already work know. Out. Sort of but the Clark Kent, a yeah. uh, little bit of that. Of course, Clark Kent and Lois Lane actually do end up together. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> after years. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then you don't have a comic book. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, but um, no, it was, and and then one thing about um, how much mothers it has a huge internal consistency. Um, so. It has the it has the internal consistency of a full time drama, huh? Um, of you know storylines, characters. You see characters again six months later that you hadn't interacted with previously. Like the girl in the pineapple incident shows back up again in the tricycle, um, which was an entire two a year a season between those two events. Uh-huh. One was in first season, one was in third season, and and those that story was consistent. And if they make a reference to something earlier in the show, they will. And they, they reference something similar. They will. It'll be the exact same thing. Hmm. Um, the, the, it will show up. And one of the things I really love about the show is that there are oftentimes when Bob Saget, as older Ted, is trying to remember all that went ha- all yeah. that happened. He messes up sometimes. He's like, "Wait a second, that he wasn't knows. right. <laughs> yeah, that that, that that didn't actually happen. Uh, when did that happen? And it's like, yeah. okay, that's later. All right, I'll get to oh, it. Oh, that wasn't for the next year. That was, <laughs> that was a year later. Um, oh, what? And so they'll like they'll they'll show something and then they'll he'll they'll like recut it they'll right re-cut. because it's 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 in older it Ted's is, head it is. And you see it on screen because you're seeing it through uh-huh. his memories yeah. it is a memory play um, it is how he remembers it not necessarily how it actually happened uh huh which is because um, wow. there's, there's one there's one bit where um, Lily is trying to escape this party that she's at in their apartment and she's just tired of it and she has to go find a marshal. Um, and they live on the third story. And he goes, kids, now, I don't know how this happened, but Lily swears it was true. And she walks into the bathroom. It's like, we lived on the third story of our apartment building, so I don't, I don't know what actually happened here. And then you see Lily, like, jumping down onto the pavement um, from the third story of the bathroom window. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of got that humor because it, it, is, it is a story told by older Ted to his children. Right. It's cool. Now, one thing that helps is it's been – it's. Every episode, I don't know if it's written by, but every episode has been directed by the same person. Okay, so there's there's at that least that helps a lot. Feel yeah. consistency. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, well we've got an episode, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap things up here on bad philosophy. 
thank you, gentlemen, for coming here on uh, such short notice, Jed and of Michael. Course. Really appreciate it. Oh, uh, we should uh, mention Michael Hayslip is now on Twitter. So if you'd like, you can follow him at M Hayslip. That's H A Y S L I P. So you can pronounce it Mayslip if you'd like to, because that uh, that H can just go silent. But it can. However, you may not pronounce my Twitter handle Storitz. That is not allowed. Never Freedom of speech, man. Whatever. Okay. Um, and we will have uh, we will have the show conclude with uh, the traditional reading of a curse from Firefly. Kevin, it's, tr- it's traditional. Yeah, it's yes. now a tradition. Nita madu tiensha suoyo du run do gaisi. Fuck everyone in the universe to death. <laughs> and <laughs> and with that, we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. I realized many moons ago that everyone who has ever seen South Park has decided that they have a fantastic Cartman impersonation. Everybody has one. I have one. I admit it. I don't like it. It's horrible. I don't do it. But we've all tried that voice. <laughs> everyone has tried to do it. And everyone has said, you know, like, respect my authority, which sounds even worse when I've got a cold. But everyone has done it. And none of them are good. None of them. Bad Philosophy.com Filthy fornicators of livestock. <laughs>